Off-Road Pizza Van. Hey everybody, my name is Off-Road, and every week I read the entire internet, and I find all of the weird news stories, and I read all of them, and then I tell you about them. Today I've got a guest with me. He's a analytics psychologist and a guy that I've known for, man, years and years, Dr. John Platania. Hi, John. Hello, Off-Road. So I got you to be a guest on the show. That's exciting. Yeah, interesting, fun. I've been trying to talk you into doing your own show. One day. And so I thought this could be a, a like a taste of what it's like. It's great. Yeah. Right, and you know, no one else is gonna see any of this. They're just going to hear the sound part. Right. But sometimes I'll even close my eyes and imagine. I'm in somebody else's head, I'm going in their ears. Yeah, and they're making us up. Uh-huh, yeah, what do I even look, what does off-road look like? I have no idea. Well, he looks like off-road looks to the person who's listening to you. Hey, stop pumping the mic around. Yeah, I got that. Um, and then what does Dr. John look like? Uh, very respectable. Respectable. I would say elegant, but respectable. Uh, elegant. Yeah. Yeah, very refined. Mm -hmm. looking. Mm -hmm. yeah, that would be a less of a sissy word, but I like <laughs> sissy words, actually. Yeah. Oh, so, so analytic psychologist. Yeah. So there, there's like clinical psychologist and an analytic psychologist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that you'd have to be, but a, you'd have to be a theologian or you'd have to be a clinical psychologist or a, or to call yourself an analytic psychologist, you have to be a licensed psychologist. So I'm first of all a clinical psychologist trained in the trained in psychotherapy, helping people to live more satisfied lives, I guess is the goal, and self-discovery for its own sake. All right, and that's that's clinical psychology. And then, so you are that, and you're I'm also that. more specifically. I'm really interested and best trained in analytic psychology, rather than saying I'm a Jungian analytic psychology, psychologist, I... I'm a Freudian analytic psychologist. I just say analytic psychologist because there's so many different uh, <laughs> ego, what's called self-psychology. There's so many different variants of analysis. Well, these are different schools of thought, I guess? Different schools, different people, Melanie Klein, all kinds of people who, um, Anna Freud, who have a great deal to say but I wouldn't say, well, I follow in the steps of Anna Freud or any one single person. I like to think of it as integrative psychology. It might include Buddhism, it might include spiritual discipline, a lot of things that go into it. I'm most interested in where people are going, not so much where they've been. Where they've been, where have you been, is interesting as a question that is reflective. So you'll look inward and think about and articulate where you've been. That, and that informs where you are. It's all about helping to where you're going though. Helping to where you are, first of all. And then, yeah, to the extent that one can without getting 
too far away from the present, where are you going? Where do you want to go? Hmm. What do you see in front of yourself? What would you like the world to look like? Maybe go nowhere. Yeah, it's all hazy. I don't know. Well, at first, but then it becomes through the analytic process of relationship with someone who does what I do that one discovers more about your own person, about yourself, we would say. You know, I should throw this in right here. We should plug, you have a website. Can I plug your website right now? You certainly can. Yeah, platoniaphd.com. You can see kind of what what John is doing here. And there's a picture. There's a, you can see what John looks like. like. Yeah, how about that? Exciting. Yeah, very yeah, yes. I got a I got a bunch of these weird news stories. Let me let me tell you about some of them, John. All right. Uh, this first one, this sheriff in Texas, he's uh, using cardboard cutouts of deputies. He's planting them along the side of the highway to kind of to deter to deter speeders. Mm-hmm. So these are cardboard cutouts, and they're images of the actual deputies, and there's they're holding a, like a radar gun, or next to the car. Just on the side of the highway, he's, yeah. he's putting them the up guy. with a yeah, yeah, yeah. A cardboard cutout, and it seems to be working. They the first test of this, they put some up, and then they put some real cops there to keep an eye and see how people are reacting, and people are slowing down. It's working. It's fooling people, and that's all they really want. They're, in this case, they just want people to slow down. I'm not so worried about the you know maybe some places you need to raise revenue with the speeding ticket. That wouldn't work in this case unless we could get the cardboard deputy the cardboard cutouts to give speeding tickets well they could have radar cameras that were real oh yeah Ooh, yeah i like that everything else cardboard and artificial so you don't even realize dude you're getting recorded well it could trigger live yeah it could trigger you know visually i see the cutout of a police officer so i'm gonna slow down but it's also the uh those Street cameras, they'll record your speed and they'll even mail you a ticket. You know, they'll look at your. Oh, I know. Yeah, they'll look yeah. at my license plate and just mail me a ticket. I don't even have to. It could help on both levels. Yeah. Mm, eh, I guess that's all to that one. Uh, I've got another story here. Uh, these officials say taking chicken nuggets left on the highway is a crime. That's the headline. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can imagine what story, what kind of elements must have come together to create such a headline i heard the story oh my god you heard this i heard the story on npr <laughs> uh-huh there was a large truck i don't think it was it was like one of these double railer u18 wheeler things. yeah yeah and um it was all full of this chicken finger chicken nugget stuff yeah for fast food stores Mm. and the truck fell over and it was all over the place the raw chicken tenders or frozen or whatever they were right and then people wanted to start coming and take them off the highway and take them home and have chicken dinner and so people started to do that and the health department sheriff's department issued a warning that any chicken that's been out like that for 36, 72 right. hours I have the, could be a hazard. I have the actual public service announcement. They put it on Facebook. Maybe they put it other places also. Uh-huh. You know, they're really using Facebook. Police departments across America, they are really using Facebook. And they posted 
public service announcement. The Cherokee County Service Office is asking that no one try to stop to get the chicken tenders that were spilled from the 18-wheeler accident on Highway 35. You're creating a traffic hazard. It's a crime to impede the flow of traffic. Those cases have been on the ground for over 24 hours and are unsafe to consume. Anyone who is caught could be facing charges. Okay. So they're serious. They should be. There was a story a couple of weeks ago where uh, the bank car, the back door blew open and all this money's flying out the back door and people are pulling over and collecting the money. And someone, there's a video of it, someone in a bus driving by is watching from video and they videotaped it and posted it up there. And they're using that as evidence to catch all the people that, that got the money. Oh, yeah. There's cameras everywhere. Which, it makes me feel safe, honestly. I don't know, I'm torn. Well, freedom and security. That's what we're all right. always trying to balance in our life and in the world. So, yeah, to do the one thing, surveillance, you know, produces its own negative effects. But the lack of it, of public awareness of what's going on, Benign public awareness, not sure. No, mischievous right. Your community calculating, but the community of people. Yeah, old people, young people, disabled people, all people, people. Somebody broke a hip. I mean, whatever, so that we could be more supportive. I I like that kind of surveillance in the sense of bearing witness and watching over. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a balancing act. I yeah. I agree. That's the. Was it the middle ground the Buddhists say? The middle That's ground? That's what he says, yeah. Um, here's another the story. string is not too taut and not too weak. And just right, it will make music. Mm-hmm. Or it won't do anything. That's when you tune your guitar, I think. Those are instructions he, for tuning your guitar the Buddha gave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got this next story here. The world's Why oldest not? person may have faked her age. Oh no. Yeah, the oldest person who have ever who has ever lived, Jean Calment. I don't usually like to say people's names like this, you know, but yeah. but she's dead, I guess. Uh And I don't know, this is all alleged. Well, she died in 1997 at the age of 122. 122. Wouldn't you have thought that the oldest person ever would be older than that? But that was it. That's I guess in recorded history, this is the oldest person that has ever lived. 122 years and 164 days. Uh, but now this researcher is saying that she might have actually been her 99-year-old daughter instead. No. Yeah, this paper, he published it. It suggests that Jean actually died in 1934 and that her daughter assumed her identity and just kind of lived the rest of her life. There's all this evidence of, you know, IDs with this name and the hair color's different, and I don't want to get bogged down in the detail. Um, but this other guy, Jean-Marie Robin, he's a gerontologist. He helped validate Jean's age. He says the whole theory's nonsense. The evidence is shaky. It rests on nothing. He says that all with a French accent. Um, he said that when he examined Jean, he asked her things that she, only she would know, like who is her math teacher, and he verified things like that. I don't know what to think. Uh, DNA stuff, maybe we should do that kind of testing. Who cares, actually? Is it important? 
apparently to somebody. Well, you know, the, if she if this record gets overturned, the next in line for the world's oldest person would go to Sarah Naus, who died at the age of 119. So that person might care. Yeah. Sarah, do they know for a fact Sarah was that old? Right. Is that in question? Did right. they count the rings around her trunk? <laughs> Oh, uh, here's another story. Cute aggression. So cute aggression is this phenomenon when I see something really cute and uh, you just want to you just want to pinch their cheek or you just want to hug them so hard that you just you know? Habibi. Yeah, that's yeah. the name of your cat, right? Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. They're calling this cute aggression. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what is it? So up until now this has been studied by behavioral psychology. I don't really know what their results are, but there's a new study by this professor at the University of California, Riverside. Good place. Her name's Catherine Stravropoulos, something like that. I'm going to call her Catherine. She's got a background in neuroscience, so she saw this whole situation. She saw, and she thought, maybe it's got something to do with the actual physical neuroscience, neurology that's going on in the brain. Catherine, she'd seen this earlier study by Yale psychologists where the participants, they looked at all these cute pictures and then they were asked questions and they filled out a survey and they discovered in that, that older psychology study, they discovered, you know, that the, the cuter the animal, the more the aggression, you know, bigger eyes, bigger cheeks, more aggression. And, and they even exaggerated with the photos, like with, uh, with Photoshop or something, whatever they used back then, they'd exaggerate it even further, and people felt it stronger. So it's definitely tied to cuteness. Anyway, she started wondering, Catherine started wondering, maybe this is something in the brain physical going on. So she got uh, 54 participants between the ages of 18 and 40. They all wore these caps with electrodes. Mm. And while they were wearing the caps, they looked at the same photos and answered the same questions as that Yale study, and she saw that kind of her, her hypothesis going into this was, you know, you see something cute and you just kind of get overwhelmed with uh, excitement or emotion or feeling. And so this cute aggression had something to do with that. And so she's looking at the brains now and seeing all this activity. There really is a lot. It's supporting her idea. Cute aggression may be a way that we deal with it. You know, if I have a baby I have to take care of and it's just so cute, I can't handle it. Cute aggression may be a, how did she word it? Oh, it it may be a a mechanism that allows us to function. What would aggression be in the instance of this baby that's so cute you want to squeeze him? Well, I guess at the extreme, you want to squeeze and pinch its cheeks. But if you pull back a little bit from that extreme, right? I'm still getting overwhelmed by cuteness and I might just stand there staring at it kind of overwhelmed, but the aggression kind of brings me back to earth. You know, I totally agree with you. I had the same doubts and questions you're saying. It doesn't make any sense. She wrote a whole paper about it. Oh, people write paper about anything. (laughs) They do. I think of the news too. They'll grab a paper and they'll say, it'll be a nice spectacular headline that's like, uh, you know, eating fat actually makes you lose weight. You know, the new study suggests. Yeah. The new butter cookie diet. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, this other story is about snow in uh, southwest China. They got some snow. It was very rare in that area. So people collected up the snow and they were selling it on the roadside to the tourists. Mm. Uh, charging up to 20 yuan. That's like $3 for a bucket of snow. Or they made some snowmen. And it, uh, there's some pictures of the different things they made. And it's neat. Like they're snowmen. It's kind of like the Asian culture, the Asian style of a snowman. It's neat. Mm-hmm. Like a pookie man. Yeah. Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I saw that I saw the article about about them doing this and I typed it in the Google cuz I had to look at it again later and it came up that that there's a, a company that will sell you snow right now anywhere in the world they will ship it to you. It's called shipsnowyo.com and like I could get on there and order snow and have it mailed to anywhere. Can you get a truckload of snow? It's like it's like an ice chest, you know. Uh, what is this? Like a fifty-gallon ice chest or something? Ice chest. Yeah, and they fill it up with snow. They're sourcing it from Vermont mostly, but they, depending on the season, they'll get it from different places. And let me read some of this stuff off their website, their advertisement. Real snow delivered anywhere in the United States. How does it work? We hand pack natural snow into thick styrofoam coolers. Each box is sealed with heavy duty packing tape and packaged with a note. We share the origin of the snow. It's typically from Vermont and some of the details about the contents. Um, a letter from the North Pole are available upon request. So you could pretend that it's like a Santa Claus kind of thing. If you want to lie to your kids, you know, <laughs> raise them in a lie, raise them with a lie. <clears throat> they put the cooler in a cardboard box, uh, all of our shipments are sent overnight priority and arrive within 16 to 18 hours. 100% guarantee snow when it arrives. Not ice, not water. <laughs> I wish I got the price. I don't have the price on here, but like. God, I was going to get some. It sounds fun. We don't ever get snow. I'm in the Bay. We're in the Bay Area here. You have to, you'd have to have. Oh, God. You'd have to have a 18-wheeler truck uh-huh. full of snow. Mm, to have to, to have really any fun, have fun. Yeah. then you could make a slide board. And have you seen that what they do here down in they North do Berkeley, right, right on the corner of my house? I don't know if they did that this year, but down a couple blocks from here, yeah, a couple you can years see ago, it from my dad, they shoot out. They make they have some kind of machine that makes artificial snow, right? Yeah. It, they make slush, is what they make, but they make something. It's snow yeah. for about fifteen minutes, and then it yeah. packs in, and because the, yeah. the sun warms it up so quick. And well, it gets, it's amazing they can do it at all. Yeah, it's quite a novelty. Oh, here's, yeah. The high point of the winter season for me. Oh, I brought some kids there once, and it was yeah. super fun. And all the people there, I'm the, I've had experience in real snow, bragging, but all the people there are from California, and they're slipping around and falling, and they don't know what to do. I had to show them how, this is how you play with snow. <laughs> all right, here's another story here. This barber, he shaves the play button onto somebody's head. That's a weird headline. Let me let me explain that. So this guy goes into the barber shop and he's waiting his turn in line. And he's sitting there waiting and he's watching a video on his little phone. And he's watching the video and he's, hey, that guy, I, that's the guy. I want my hair to look like this guy. So he pauses it. And then when it's his turn, he shows the barber the, the picture. And you know when you pause a, a movie with your phone, maybe it's YouTube or something, well, there's a big play button. It looks like a triangle. It'll be in the middle of the screen. Well, there was such a thing, and the barber figured that's what he wanted. You can take a look at this picture if you want, John. 
You see the side of his head, there's a big triangle shaved into this the side of this guy's very stylish, otherwise very oh. stylish haircut. <laughs> That's pretty cute. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah. He's acting embarrassed. I, I, If it was on both sides, so it's like symmetrical, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Looks like a different sort of wave. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will or fade. Is that what they call it? Fade. Yeah. That, that sounds right. That sounds cool. They should call it that. Yeah. But sometimes people shave little patterns in the short hairs and Yeah. This is pretty cool. I Lightning. This... I've seen lightning. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Uh we know about this story because someone else took photos of him. And I think there were some videos of him pacing around kind of upset. <laughs> and they posted that on the social medias. All right, here's another story about this cat from Michigan. He was found in Florida. Florida. And they don't know how he got there. Wow. And he was from Michigan? Yeah, the Michigan family, their cat disappeared one day. And they're like, what's going on? Where's Where's uh, Bandit? They put up signs. They looked in all the shelters. Bandit was gone. Meanwhile, cut to Florida. Bandit shows up on someone's porch. And the person sees the cat and says, let me take you into the vet. And so they take him to the vet. Bandit's got a chip, and they put two and two together. That's what they do, you know, uh, with science. A lot of it is math, and they're just putting two and two together. <laughs> I don't quite understand that. Well, <clears throat> anyone can do math, right? I'm just being goofy. Oh. So they uh, they figured out that this cat. Is from Michigan. They put it together, and the family, they're currently trying to, they just raised enough money. They did some Kickstarter thing. They raised some money to fly the cat back, so the cat's going to fly back to Michigan. Nobody knows how it got there. No idea. And this is like 1,200 miles away. That's pretty far. Oh. I can't imagine. Oh, I just feel so terrible if uh, our BB was... I know. In Chicago or something, what would I do? I'd fly there and get him. Right? Oh, I'd fly, I bet you I'd would. I'd walk, you know. <laughs> You'd flap your wings. <laughs> Anything, yeah. A horrible thought. Hmm. So maybe he fell asleep in somebody's car or or maybe somebody took him. I can't Sometimes even. Sometimes people take him. Oh, yeah. what a nice kitty. Yeah. Let's Good take kitty. it. And then the kitty is mad and will poop in your bed or lots uh. of other things because it's because it's pissed off yeah but bring it back home and it's sweet little kitty it's always been yeah that's how i am they know how to you do that too that's just how i am but they know how to get you to want them out of there right either escaped or he he uh, got the guy to throw him out that's it Uh, guy it could have been a woman women take steel cats too for sure (laughs) everybody does so I got this other story. I thought this would be very exciting. You know, if this psychology thing, if it doesn't work out, you know, um, Oscar Meyer is hiring people to drive that hot dog mobile. No, there's a job. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, they are hiring what they call hot doggers to travel across hot the country doggers. in the 27 foot long hot dog mobile, spreading the message of love and processed meat. <laughs> Um, they promise competitive pay and benefits for what's described as a public relations position, noting that applicants should have a college degree. Wow. I know, preferably in the areas of public relations, communication, advertising, journalism, or marketing, 
and a willingness to travel a lot. I think that's a lot to ask. Jesus, I should say. They better pay well. You yeah. Know? You think you sleep in the hot dog mobile, like just straight? I don't know if they're supposed to sleep in there like a hammock. <laughs> yeah, it's like 27 feet long. There's some space yeah. horizontally, you know? <laughs> oh, so so is this a thing you live in, like an RV? I don't know. You're going to travel across the country and do different events. And, uh, you know, we'll give you all the details. Don't worry about it. Uh, there are currently six Wienermobiles traveling around the United States right now. Wow. Bringing with them... Joy and the smell of boiling hot dogs. Mm. That part's good. I like the smell of boiling hot dogs. You know, yeah, there really is a difference how you cook the hot dogs. I like a I like a boiled hot dog. It seems uh, like some more care was put. Yeah, anyone can just throw it on the fire and come back. Boiling, you got to get the water. You got to bring it to a heat. There's so much more involved in boiling a hot dog. Don't, don't you agree? You're looking at me with a crazy look. What are you? Not even <laughs> remotely. <laughs> and well, I got, I got one more story here and we're, the time's just flying by John, this last story. It's amazing. Yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. They have a billboard in Toronto. It will dispense nacho cheese all this month. And I know this is midway into the month. So hurry down there all this month, free nacho cheese coming out of the billboard. You just put a bucket underneath it. Anything you want. Yeah, they're suggesting uh, anything. Like, try a piece of fruit or salad. Try anything with the nacho cheese. It's free. <laughs> uh, yeah. Toronto. Huh? Sounds like a place worth going to. That certainly makes it, yeah, That for that alone. Yeah, I'm still stuck in the hot dog mobile. <laughs> you bring those two stories together there you are and that sounds yeah. delicious yeah. yeah I wonder what they pay I, I could have dug a little more that would be the question I don't think they could pay me enough to do that honestly I don't like to travel but that part wouldn't bother me I mean I might even enjoy seeing different things and all mm -hmm. if I if it was a RV and I could travel with somebody mm. that's a pretty big RV 27 feet. 27 feet, though, but I imagine it's, you know, I imagine a hot dog, you guys could sleep head to foot, head to foot, you know? <laughs> well, they're they're wide as an SUV. I wonder. Because oh, of the yeah. bun. Because of the bun. Sure. Yeah, the bun and then the weenie <laughs> in the middle of it. Yeah. And I've seen them. They're about as big as this room. And you add a little ketchup, that's some head space. Head space. <laughs> yeah. I love it. The relish. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then you pile on chili and you've got a pretty good sized house. Yeah, you can sit up. You could probably stand up in there if you got a chili dog. Well, the the Oscar Mayer Wiener car thing that I saw, it wasn't 27 feet though. Wait, you've seen one close oh, up? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But this was more like the size of maybe a, a it would be a really big van. Okay. But more like eight feet, you know, or say the say the van part itself might be eight feet, and then the weenie uh -huh. might <laughs> go twenty, you know, two and a half feet out in the front and two and a half feet out and away from the yeah. SUV in the back. I see, and that would make it twenty three, twenty seven feet. That part is just prosthetic, though. That's not true car. Those are prosthetic. Weenie, weenie. 
prosthetic weenie. <laughs> so you think the weenie is on top of the car? I, I, I do. I think it's real. I think you go right up to it and take a bite out of it. The one, no, not at all. <laughs> the one I saw, um, yeah. Does it run on gas? I want details. Look, I'm seriously <laughs> contemplating a new shift in my career, and you're making light of it. Anyway, yeah, but interesting. Yeah. Well, you'll have to check out what they pay. Yeah, well, that that's it for the stories this week. So I'm going to close things up here. Uh, if you want to get more, go to patreon.com forward slash robot pizza van. And, uh, oh, I'm on Twitter at robot pizza van. And, oh, yeah, check out John Platania, analytic psychologist. He's got a website, platianaphd.com. You can see what he's all about there. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Ciao. Bye.